0: And welcome back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 35, Hamilton. Hello, Hallie.
1: Hello, David.
0: Hello, Kristen.
1: Hello,
2: David.
0: And hello, listeners. Hamilton is a 2020 American historical fiction musical film. It features a 2015 live stage recording of the musical of the same name which was inspired by the 2004 Alexander Hamilton biography by historian Ron Chernow. Hamilton was written, produced, and composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also stars as Alexander Hamilton in the production. It also stars the original Broadway cast, including David Diggs, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Jonathan Groff, Christopher Jackson, Jasmine Cephas jones Leslie Odom Jr., and Philippa Asu. I hope I said all of those people's names right.
2: You didn't but say the name of the guy who plays Madison. He has the best name.
0: His name looked hard to pronounce.
2: <laughs> it, <laughs> I had I heard someone say it in a video because I, I could not have said it myself, but it is Okirate Enaudawan.
0: Thank it you. It is a
1: lovely name.
0: It looked, yes. it looked beautiful, but I knew that I was going to ruin it so that's
1: fair
0: i didn't want to say it but also i'm fact... pretty
2: sure this was oh sorry keep going no you can go oh i was just gonna say i'm pretty sure this was recorded in 2016 not 2015
1: yeah i'm pretty sure it said that's what the screen said
0: okay well the internet lied to me then so you lost but... a
1: point but, you didn't... but did you well, the you screen it, when oh, it said recorded that, like... in
2: 2016 <laughs> yeah
1: oh keep
0: it's a it together, live stage recording of the 2015 Broadway musical, but not necessarily of. Okay, I see where I messed up.
2: Oh, you see. Yeah. Anyway, that I was cut you off twice. Yes, and I'll hold it against uh, you
0: forever. Fun fact: Philippa Sue, the woman who plays Eliza, grew up about an hour away from where Catching Up David is recorded, and Woo! is basically Hallie's age. Hallie, no. this could have been your life.
1: Wait, what? Say what say that again
0: the woman who plays eliza grew up about an hour from here and is basically your age she's like six months older than you
1: god i'm unhappy that you said that you lose (laughs) another point this is i i don't like that i don't like that she's my age yeah. And lost opportunities. Yeah. Could have been Eliza. This is the logical Benaliza that, that I could have been Eliza due to these facts and I just didn't have the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't believe you've done me like this.
2: <laughs> I, this I'm glad that this episode fault. is
1: starting out so Three negatively for you. Yeah, this is not I feel very it's discombobulated. Great because...
2: It's great because you're upset and David is already down two points. Yeah. So I'm riding high. This is my episode great. from here on out. Congratulations. Thank you. It won't last long. So enjoy it I disagree, but let's keep it going.
0: All right. So as far as names I recognized, I thought I knew Leslie Odom Jr., but looking at his filmography, I haven't seen anything else with him in it. So I don't know why I had heard of him before. And I did know Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I remember that Jonathan Groff was in Frozen.
1: Oh my god, I'm so proud of you!
0: I did Congrats. think that he was Olaf and not Kristoff, oh.
1: <laughs>
0: so that's only like half a point. Uh, that's no points. No, it's a point. I, I mean, remembered he was in Frozen.
1: Okay, fine. A fourth of a point. No,
2: I think we should give him a half. That's no, kind of
1: a still deal for David. I'm mad at him. I'm okay,
2: but you are biased. I am not, and therefore, I can objectively say that I that is worth half of a point.
1: You wanting something that I don't want is also a bias because I want it, don't want it. I don't. You just you want I a want, thing that's different from me, and that is a conflict of interest. I want David to give what
2: he deserves, and nemeses. he deserves half a point. David, you're at a one f- and a half of negative points. Proceed. <laughs>
0: i'll take it well we'll find other opportunities to earn those back uh. hamilton the movie was originally intended to come out in october of 2021 but due to the pandemic disney plus thankfully pushed up the release to july of last year it then became one of the most streamed films of 2020 was named one of AFI's Best Films of the Year, and received two Golden Globe nominations for Best Musical or Comedy and Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for Lin-Manuel Miranda, both of which Hamilton lost to Borat too. (laughs) <laughs> which interesting is disappointing. Though I've never, I haven't seen. Maybe Borat should be on the list. I've never seen a Borat movie.
2: You know, I feel like Borat should be on the list. Yeah. I don't want to watch it, but I feel like it had a culturally significant impact. Now that we mention it, yeah, that should probably go on there. Also, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen was great in the Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I know is not Borat and is very different, but he was wonderful in that. So maybe he's wonderful in Borat.
0: Yeah, maybe. maybe. He won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Musical or a Comedy, so he did. How bad could he did be? Did he
2: went? Never mind. I did see a funny tweet that was like, "Guys, like the only award Hamilton has ever lost to, it lost to Borat. That's hilarious."
1: That <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. it is amusing in itself. Yeah, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So, in case it's been a while since you've seen it, Hamilton is the story of one of America's founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, an orphan from the Caribbean who makes it to New York as a young man and becomes an important figure in the American Revolution, eventually rising to be George Washington's right-hand man. He meets Angelica and Eliza Schuyler, two sisters from a wealthy family, and sort of falls in love with both of them, eventually marrying Eliza. He writes 51 of the Federalist Papers defending the new US Constitution, and as Treasury Secretary, he designs America's financial system. But Hamilton is brash and outspoken, without many friends, and rubs one man in particular the wrong way Aaron Burr, a longtime rival and colleague, who challenges Hamilton to a duel. I couldn't think up three things to end this, so <laughs> Hamilton!
2: <laughs> Mine isn't at the point.
0: No, come on.
1: No.
2: No, no. You're being ridiculous. David, scale of 1 to 10, what were your thoughts on Hamilton?
0: I think I would give it... Okay, so, first of all, this this is a thing we can talk about. We can talk about it more later, but I feel like maybe musicals aren't my thing anymore. Like, okay, I grew up with musicals, and I still have a fondness for some of the ones I remember from my childhood like phantom and cats and Joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat like things that I saw in Chicago with my mom when I was a child but I don't know I think maybe they're not for me and like I recognize that this is a good thing like it's a really good version of a thing that I'm not very into so I think I'd give it a seven
1: I respect that. Like,
0: I think I would watch it again over Titanic, but only by, like, half a point. Interesting. And It like, is interesting. And, like, to be clear, I think musicals are probably, like, the hardest thing to write ever. Like, you have yep. to tell a story with music and singing and dancing and all the choreography that goes into it. And then figuring out how to make all of that into a compelling entertainment product that also makes money so audiences will enjoy it and it can stay open on broadway like it all seems sort of impossible and i don't know i think also it would probably get better with subsequent with subsequent watches like this afternoon i was listening to the soundtrack about i I got through maybe half well most most of act one probably so, I I figured out how to turn on the closed captions during the second act, and that made it a lot easier to follow. Because like in the first act, especially as I was getting thrown into it, and everybody is you know rapping and singing so quickly, it was hard to keep up with things. But in the second act, I was able to like read the words on the screen and follow along with the story a bit better, and um, that was that was helpful. So I found online a um somebody had written out all of the lyrics to all of the songs and had a video of them up on youtube so i could just watch that and read the lyrics while people were singing and um i don't know i think as i learned the lyrics to the songs and would get to be like hey you know a good song's coming up or whatever i i think i could I could think I could easily see it being like a ten out of ten for musical lovers. It's just not a thing that I'm especially into, at least after the first viewing.
1: Okay,
2: interesting.
0: Oh, another funny thing! After watching it, there was a song that was stuck in my head that was like, "Da da 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 da,", da. and I couldn't remember what it was. Because I couldn't remember any of the songs. There were just, like, too many of them. <laughs> and they're all, like, one after the other for three hours. And so nothing really stuck with me except for snippets here and there. But there was this this line that was stuck in my head. And I was like, oh, that was really pretty. I like that. And then I woke up at 3 a.m. this morning on my couch. <laughs> because happens, still happened. there. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> And I was like, "That's not even Hamilton. That was from Moana. <laughs> that's how far. That's how far I'll go." <laughs> so, but weirdly enough, Lin-Manuel Miranda also did the mo- the music for Moana. So, like, I don't know what my brain was doing. It was close in some regards, while somehow still being completely wrong.
1: I it, it could tried. have been worse. It could have been so much worse.
0: It tried. Yeah. But so, yeah, I don't know why the. I don't know why the Moana song was stuck in my head after watching Hamilton, but there must be a song that sounds similar to it. Anyways, it's about a seven.
2: Anyways,
0: That's too um, low
2: of a number, but I do, I like that you at least acknowledge that objectively it's a good musical and it's a good, you said something else that it was good with, and you're recognizing that it's just not your jam. I appreciate that, because sometimes people are like, it's not my thing, and therefore it's a zero. Right. But that's not what you're doing.
0: Yeah. No, I think, I I think, and I can see it, I can see it growing on me too, or like, certain songs I'd want to go back to, mm-hmm.
2: but. It's hard. I there don't... are 46 songs, technically 47. Yeah, there's so, there's... so many
0: of them. And, and I listened to the bonus song. Kristen sent me a bonus song called Congratulations. Is that right?
2: Yeah. It's from the Hamilton That's... mixtape. No, I haven't heard it. Which is... Uh, yeah, so the Hamilton mixtape came out. He released some things in segments, and there's a part one and a part two. And that is songs that are either um, covers of the ones that we're saying in the musical... Or songs that were cut, like Congratulations, that was originally intended for Angelica in Act 2, and it's fantastic. She just yells at Alexander Hamilton for two and a half minutes, and I love it. Mm. Or there are people who do covers, but they add their own spin to it. So it definitely takes elements from the song, but it's not just the song
1: on its own. It's really interesting
2: to hear how all these different people
1: do songs. Like a Disney pop song in the credits from, like, a 90s or 2000s movie. Sure. Yeah, they did that, and it was, like, different but inspired by. They were never as good as the original, but they did that.
2: Mmm, Bowling for Soup's All Melt With You, which was featured in the 2005 movie Sky High, is incredible. All
1: right, I wasn't thinking of Sky High, because I've never seen it. <gasps> what? I have never seen Sky High. I have only seen the commercials for it. Sky High is things. so good. That's what I hear. I hear that it's fun.
2: It's great. Big fan. I should watch it again. I literally have it on DVD. I'm looking at it right now. Anyway,
0: Bowling yeah, for Soup. Listen to a King, good band name.
2: Bowling for Soup.
0: Also. I, like I love
2: Bowling for Soup. Yeah. I have like five of their songs on my Throwback Thursday playlist. Because they're incredible. I love bowling for soup.
0: There was a there was a whole string of bands that were kinda similar that had really good names. Like Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. That's I have
2: not heard of them, uh, but that's a that's a good yeah. name. Don't know who yeah. that
0: is. They're uh they also do a lot of like kind of pop punk covers of various songs. You should uh you should check them out.
2: Hmm. I should. That sounds up my alley.
0: Yeah. Should we do um personality quiz before we jump into it? Oh,
1: yeah. Yes.
0: All right. So this week's was a pretty straightforward BuzzFeed quiz. It's like not the best. It wasn't the worst we've ever done.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Middle. Yeah. I got Marquis de Lafayette.
2: <laughs> Marquis de Lafayette. Yeah. David.
0: My description is... You're definitely a risk taker and love to live on the edge. Your friends know they can count on you for a good time because you're the life of the party. Which, uh, yeah, you know. D-
1: you did wake up at 3am from your couch humming a Moana song. So <laughs> yeah, the when you suggests this.
0: When you think of having a good time, you think of David. <laughs> so, Yeah. That's, uh, that's me.
2: Uh, That's you. You're Marquis de Lafayette. Who'd you get, Kristen? I got Alexander Hamilton, which (laughs) I do not think matches me at all. (laughs) Maybe it does. I don't know, but it says, You're ambitious, intelligent, unrelenting when you put your mind to something. You'll get very far in life. Just be careful not to make too many enemies. Love it. And I like that it thinks I'm going to go far in life. I do not think... I am as nonstop as Alexander Hamilton, which has pros and cons, but
1: I do love you and I it, are not the same. It knows how annoying you are, though, and how you manage to push away everybody in your life. Almost everybody. I am
2: annoying and I am good at just not shutting up and just keeping like... talking to people. So maybe that's what it senses. But I I don't know what of my answers made them think she's Alexander Hamilton. Because I don't I don't I can think of one maybe, but there was a whole quiz, so I don't know. Who did you get, Hallie? I I also
1: got the Marquis de Lafayette.
0: There you go. Yeah. Life of the well, party. There we go. Hallie Coons.
1: That's me. Who was previously telling us
2: all about her sad video game and her exciting new meal box?
1: Yeah, th- those are those are exciting things. They make me the life of the party. You wanted to learn about my wedge milk, so I'm gonna tell you about my wedge milk. You you got me there,
2: admittedly.
0: Yeah, living on the edge.
2: Well, yeah, crazy stuff. No, if you if should... you had to pick a person that you thought you were, who
1: would you pick? I was sure I was going to get James Madison, because I'm just kind of there, but delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh man, I like that person who's in the background, but not stealing the stage. That's me. I'm James Madison. James Madison is my dad's favorite president. I know, for some reason. I was thinking that when I watched it. I was like, this is Krista's dad's favorite president. And they liked the detail that he was sickly the whole time.
2: Yes. Because, because he really was a very sickly person. He was easy. also not very
1: tall. He was only five foot four.
2: Fun James Madison facts.
1: <laughs> James Madison has like one of the best lines in the whole show too, where he just says, Which I wrote. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. like one of my favorite one of my favorite moments.
0: I don't know who I would be if I if I could pick i mean i'd want to be angelica because she's the best
2: obviously uh, we all want satisfied. to be angelica yeah that's a
1: dream
0: yeah i don't know that i quite live up to that so i'd probably be i'd, I'd probably be one of the revolutionaries who who dies <laughs> but had a good run
1: and did a couple good things
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Personality quiz. If you somehow don't follow us on Twitter, you should, because that's where I tweet out the link to the quiz every week. Yeah,
1: and then you can take the quiz.
0: (laughs) Also, if you you don't follow us on Twitter, let us know in the comments somewhere how you found out about us. Because (laughs) we'd be very interested. (laughs) We don't don't do much advertising except for one tweet every two weeks. (laughs) And uh, I'd like to know how you uh, how you stumbled across us. That would be good to know.
1: That would be good to know. Yeah.
0: Kristen,
1: who do you think you would be? On my good
2: days, I'd like to think I'm Angelica. But again, we all just want to be Angelica. Yeah. So I think that's me projecting. Um, no, I thought it was funny that I got Alexander Hamilton. Because I'm pretty sure I'm Aaron Burr. I was <laughs> going to say, that was who I, I would, would have definitely. pegged you I'm constantly just, like, indecisive. I'm not necessarily doing it to try to, like, figure out which way the wind is going to blow and try to go with the most successful option. I am just horribly indecisive as a human being. And then I feel like when I do finally commit to a choice, sometimes it's the bad choice. It's like (laughs) killing Alexander Hamilton.
1: Like all that time for this. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and And it's not good, so yeah, Aaron Burr, that's me for better or for worse. He later um, I don't know if he was tried for treason, but he almost committed a treasonous act upon the u s so things really went downhill from him for him yeah, after uh killing
1: Hamilton He didn't really recover from that, so even in death, Alexander Hamilton got laugh, still one yeah ruined Aaron's life <laughs> it is what it is
0: yeah so are you are you musical people are you into musicals
2: um, uh yes and no yeah. because I can definitely get into musicals and I like how they're structured um, but I don't necessarily go searching for musicals. I discovered Hamilton because it was near the time when everyone wasn't shutting up about it. It was like a bit before its big heyday, but people on Tumblr kept talking about it and then someone made a reference to it to a song and it related to them not studying for finals. And I was also in the process of procrastinating studying for finals. So I was like, let me look at this song and see if I agree with it. And then I did. And that's how I discovered Hamilton. But I don't seek out musicals. But the ones that I enjoy, I enjoy them a lot. I think it's, like you said, it's a lot of talent to bring everything together especially the songs like "Nonstop," where you pull bits and pieces from other songs and you somehow make it work. I don't understand how they do it, but it's magical.
1: Yeah, so much of the soundtrack I was thinking is like after the first few songs, I feel like a lot of the songs are 80% a new song and 20% people singing parts of other songs when their part is relevant. It feels yeah, like
0: that a It lot really of, builds. There is a lot of, like, reprises and things like that mm-hmm. in in this one.
2: I think yeah. they're done very well. I like them.
1: No, they are. It's very good. I also, I think that if I dedicated more of my time and attention to it, I would really enjoy musicals. The first thing I think of when I think of musicals is Disney movies, which isn't... I mean, I mean, it's not wrong. The It's not wrong, because, like... A lot of the well-beloved classic Disney films are influenced by Broadway once they got their whole, like, musical streak going. So that, like, makes sense. And a lot of them have full versions on Broadway, which are very cool. Yeah. And I have seen some musicals. My parents and I have this little membership to a theater nearby where we would see a musical like every three months we had like season passes and that was really fun to do because my parents are kind of in the same boat they enjoy musicals when they force themselves to go experience them but they had never really been in a spot like if you don't have season passes i feel like you just forget i could go to the theater if if you happen to have a theater nearby um but we haven't gone in a year because of recent events so that's been sad uh But, like, I have, I don't know, I really enjoy them when I see them, and I have a little Spotify playlist of, like, musical numbers that I like, and I keep meaning to check out more musicals. Because I do really like, uh, the way musical theater tells stories, like, because they rely so heavily on, like, reprises and stuff. I think the storytelling is just a little bit different. And it's hard, because writing a song is difficult enough without needing that song To fulfill a narrative purpose. So it's just. I don't know. It's cool to think about. I like musicals. I enjoy Hamilton.
0: Yeah. I think. I think they. Are kind of. If you're not into musicals. I think they're an art form. That is. Especially difficult to sit through. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's. Maybe that's true of like. All sorts of things. Like like art movies (laughs) i'm thinking of one (laughs) in particular that we maybe watched okay uh, like if you don't buy in if you don't buy into it it's um i don't know for different reasons like musicals they're really earnest and passionate a lot of the times i'm thinking of like george washington's going home Mm -hmm. and if you're Mm -hmm. kind of skeptical of the conceit of musicals in general like it maybe doesn't land in quite the same way as it's supposed to. You really have to, like, give yourself over to it in a way that maybe you don't have to for other forms of entertainment in the same way. Like, it's not exactly suspension of disbelief, but it's sort of like, I don't know, allowing no, I, yourself I I to have fun. <laughs> like,
1: I, I kind of get it. There was... I don't, maybe it was a TikTok? I don't know. I see all my TikToks secondhand through, like, Twitter and stuff. But there was, like, movie acting versus theater acting. And, of course, the theater acting was, like, way bigger. Or I think that was just the, the, the tweet somebody paired it with. But it was somebody doing, like, two versions of, like, a like a song. And it was, like, true. I was like, yeah, like, of course theater acting is more, like, hammy. It has to be. You're on a stage. ETC, ETC. But I think part of the charm of musicals, for me at least, is that it's more of a spectacle. Like, uh, I enjoy the dancing in Hamilton more than anything else. And, like, the really, really excellent well-timed choreography. Like, every time somebody- The choreography. It's excellent. Every time somebody walks across the stage to, like, step on that moving circular platform or to take a letter, I'm like, but how do you time it? What if you're out of step? Ah! I don't have, I I don't have the inner rhythm necessary to pull that off. So I'm in awe of people who do.
2: The choreography was so fun just because I was, I was definitely that person who like did not shut up about Hamilton, listened to Hamilton for months on end. And it's funny talking about like people who just aren't into it because one of my friends, the only musical she likes is Hairspray. And so I had sort of thought like, okay, when I'm in the car with Rachel, it's fine if I play Hamilton because she likes this other musical. And she's like, no, I don't like musicals. And I point out Hairspray and she says, that's the only one. And she said that she doesn't like them because they tell a story. And I okay. tried to be like, uh, most songs tell a story. I think she doesn't like that it's it's one link in a chain Rather than a start and end story in that three and a half minutes, so i can I can understand that because it's all part of a larger complex story but i'm I'm big into that, and I love the drama of musical numbers, like literally just how big it gets with voices and with the music and crescendos because I'm apparently a dramatic person, I don't know, <laughs> but I think it's fun, but uh. The choreography I thought was really fun because again, after listening to it nonstop for months on end, like I think I saw it in December and I started to really get into it in like April and I listened to it constantly in the eight months between then. And I would wonder like, okay, when they start satisfied, how are they going to show the rewinding of time and all these other things? And the choreography really just brought it all home like you could see the stage rewinding and turning a different way than it had been going before yeah that's like one of the coolest parts and in um oh shoot it's it's your obedient servant yes and that one when alex says like here's an itemized list of 30 years of disagreements and you just have person after person after person after person delivering letters to burr and it really drives home the point of like Yes, he has an itemized list of disagreements because they don't get along. And he's Alexander Hamilton. He writes a it's, lot. Yeah, it's and funny. it just it really brought it all together in a way that was so delightful. And I hadn't expected. Not that I didn't expect the dancing to be good or to also tell a story, but it did things that I hadn't even considered. So big respect.
1: Yeah, it's very very creative with, like, how it does things. And I also think that part of its charm is that I, at least, am a sucker when history is not exactly modernized but made more accessible because they're not trapping it up like a Shakespeare play. Like, I think, I don't know, I think Hamilton tells the story effectively without feeling like it's talking down to its audience by making things modern. Like, the... Congress debates being, like, rap battles is funny. Mm-hmm. But I could I could see that gag it's not great. working in something else. But, like, here it really does. It feels very organic and it's, like, fun. And it helps. And it got the audience to
2: participate. Because when you're there, they, like, wave at you. I think yeah, they said it in the movie. It's I'm cool. sure they did. But, yeah, they want you to, like, shout and get into it. Yeah, they try to and stoke you it's, up. It's audience participation without, like cringing audience participation
1: it's really fun
0: yeah i think i think one of the things that i was recognizing as i was watching it is that it's maybe it's either like getting harder for me to to like give myself over to musicals in that sort of way or like it's an experience that has to really be seen live with like a bunch of other people around you and seeing it on the television by myself. (laughs) um, It wasn't quite, it didn't sweep me up in it as like I was hoping it would.
2: So, I I don't know if
0: this is just, like, another realization of me becoming old and cynical. like.
2: Well, I wonder, because, I mean, there's definitely part of, like, the whole experience of seeing it as a live audience. Like, even seeing a movie on opening night is a whole different experience from seeing that movie any other time of day, because you have a crowd that reacts with everything that's happening. And I think that's what you get with the live studio audiences, that sounds like they're filming a TV show. You know what I meant. And um. I think pros and cons of having it be in the movie format are that, like, it focuses, obviously the screen can only focus on so much. And they try to, like, jump between different characters so you can see what's going on. But when you do that, even though you get more detail on one thing, you lose part of the big picture. And so I think it is sort of harder to get completely into it because you're not, like, in the good way, overwhelmed with everything that's going on. Maybe that's sort of what you mean? Maybe not at all. But that's sort of how I felt.
1: Yeah. I I see it. I I think that's part of
0: it. Like, the last musical I saw live was Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I saw it... and this was this was years ago, but I saw it in New York. It was like my first trip to New York, my first musical on Broadway. Um, I'd never seen. I like I didn't really know anything about Hedwig before, um, mm-hmm. but I went with people who were like really into it, and I enjoyed it. It was it was a good time, but a lot of it being a good time was like. Being out in the city and like dressing up a little bit because we were going to the theater and, you mm-hmm. know, having that experience of like flipping through the playbill. And they had they had printed like a special joke playbill about Hurt Locker, the, the musical, yeah. which doesn't exist, but is a really <laughs> funny joke um, that they tied into the into the musical itself. But um, that's awesome yeah so they um but just the and seeing everything live too like seeing the sets live and being in the same room as the 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 stuff the the props and everything i don't know i think i think it's a lot different in that sense and it was a little bit harder in the in the film version to get like you know get swept away and being at a musical show so
1: yeah i was i
2: understand that that's yeah. fair I... so
0: maybe i'd like hamilton more if i saw it live but maybe i'm also just no longer the bright-eyed youth who would sing songs <laughs> from cats on the swing set in elementary school <laughs> which is a real thing i used to do at recess until somebody that's made fun of adorable. me for it
1: Oh, that's
0: so sad. <laughs> Maybe that was the turning point in my life. I used probably. to be like, Cats is awesome. And now I'm like, Joy is pain. <laughs> so <laughs> the
2: natural progression, probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I was really I... into cats as a child.
1: Did you see the movie?
0: No, I haven't seen the movie. But I I, I mean I have seen I've seen it live and I've seen um like a live stage production of it as well like a movie but um yeah i don't know if i should (laughs) maybe not i don't uh, hear
1: good things but i hear things
0: yeah (laughs) i've mostly heard things from people who like didn't know anything about cats like cats is a one of those weird musicals because it isn't really about anything it's just like yeah, it's just cats introducing
1: just... themselves which <laughs> yeah, sounds like really like boring hours. from my perspective honestly
0: yeah my grandma really I hated cats like my grandma was into musicals <laughs> as well like my mom very into musicals my grandma pretty into musicals she hated cats <laughs> she didn't make any sense to her there was no story
2: I did see a funny tweet, because I know nothing about cats, aside from the things I heard people saying about the new movie. And I saw a tweet once that was like, I don't understand why people get so confused by cats. Act one, the cats introduce themselves. Act two, the cats introduce themselves. Act three, and it just had a bunch of question marks. And it (laughs) was like, see? That's all you need to know about cats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cats. But like when you're ants. And you're just—you're
2: like cats are freaking awesome. Cats
0: are great, like you know. I was just Netflix. like, we had a pet cat. I loved that cat.
1: <laughs> you were like, this, <laughs> this is a like musical about thing. cats.
0: Like, That's... what, what is, what is the problem? I don't understand you, how anyone could not like this.
1: You drew the line. You connected yeah. them. Exactly. Yeah. So, I—we have said this phrase a lot tonight, but I saw a tweet once that discussed, like, live musical theater versus watching, like, a taping of that thing at home. And obviously the live is better, but the taped ones give people the chance to see it and are, you know, accessible for more people who may not be able to go see a live show or aren't, like, near a place where they could. Like, I was lucky enough to see the Chicago Hamilton when it was on Broadway in Chicago. And, um... I liked that performance a lot better than the movie one that I watched yesterday. I don't know. It could be because that was the first version I saw of it and you're always kind of loyal to whatever you happen to be exposed to first. But it was also that there was like an energy in the theater and seeing all the parts of the stage moving at once is a different vibe than the close-ups. Even though the close-ups give you something that you also don't get in live theater which is close-ups because you can't see that well on the stage unless you're like first row i don't know it was like a really cool thing when i saw it and i thought that production was a lot better but from what i understand this was one of the very early performances if it was from 2016. and i saw it like i don't know 2018. i can't remember and i don't feel like doing the mental work to figure it out but i saw it when it had been around for a while, so people really had it down pat. Yeah. like I, like The deliveries think, were a lot better. I think
2: it's also, at least for me, part of it was that I love the soundtrack so much that even though it's fun to hear how they do things differently, part of me can't help but be like, why don't you sound exactly like the soundtrack? I came here because I like the soundtrack what, what, you're doing something different. Yeah, I had
1: not listened to the soundtrack at all before I went and saw it in person.
2: See, that's probably a good thing to do.
1: Yeah. I think, I think I made a good choice there. But,
2: uh, so it's, it's hard because then you notice the differences and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. And when I saw the Chicago version and I saw it twice and I loved it both times, but then not only am I comparing it to the soundtrack in terms of just how they sing and, you know, when they come in and all these other things. But now I'm also comparing voices. Like I remember hearing uh one of the performers who was Washington and thinking that he didn't sound as like warm and welcoming as oh, wait, You as talked about this Jackson Jackson.
1: Yeah. You said that yeah, and- original Washington would have tea for you if you came in the rain, and the Chicago Washington would let you in, but wouldn't be as fatherly about it. Would just be
2: like, "Here, you can use my phone to call a cab." Yeah. Why Whereas original that? Broadway cast Hamilton would be like, "Here, let me make you a cup of tea. Here's a nice blanket. I have a fire going." That's that's what their voice conveys, mm. and even though I'm sure the Chicago Washington did a lovely job, he did. I just kept thinking of it in those specific terms. It's also fun. This is only semi-related. I was watching the show called Legacies, and I was staring at this character, the guy who plays Caleb, and I was like, you look so familiar. And I had done this before, and I went through his IMDb, and I didn't see anything. And I thought, maybe he just looks like someone else. I don't know. And then I was on season two, and I still hadn't shook the feeling of, you look so familiar. So I went to his Instagram, and I don't know why I didn't do that the first time, and I was scrolling through, and I saw that he posted something about Hamilton, and I was like, oh, Hamilton, I like that thing. And it turns out that he was the Chicago Jefferson slash Lafayette when I saw him the first time. So that was fun. You did recognize him then. Yes, I did recognize him then.
1: Uh, question. Question. When you saw it, was Wayne Brady Aaron Burr? No,
2: I did not. I wanted to see it when Wayne Brady was Aaron Burr. I was so mad because they had the frickin' Hamilton app and you could enter to win the lottery. And I knew people who won multiple times. The second time that I went was actually because my friend's sister won. And she very kindly gave me her spare ticket, so I got to go again. But there were people I knew who won multiple times, and me and my dad and my sister constantly entered the Hamilton lottery, and none of us ever won, and it was very maddening.
1: It is maddening. I would see it again. I saw it when Wayne Brady was in and He was awesome, and I loved him. See, the thing, Ugh, I, I liked that cast better than the original cast, which is sad, but I liked that Hamilton a lot. Wayne Brady was great, even though he wasn't a permanent member of the Chicago cast. He was like there for two weeks or something. I think it was maybe like a month. It was, maybe like, it was a little longer, bit longer than two weeks. Yeah.
2: But he wasn't like long term. But it
1: was limited. Fair. And then uh, their King George, as much as I love Jonathan Groff, their King George did like a tap dance when he was singing his You'll Be Back song. And that was way more fun than, uh, than in the original. Or at least than in in the stage production they recorded for the film.
2: Yeah, I do think that, like you mentioned before, sometimes when you see something the first time and live, it just gives you an extra quality. Like, I prefer my junior year of high school, or when I was a junior, they put on Sweeney Todd as the spring musical. Yeah, I remember that. And I preferred the high school production of Sweeney Todd... To the actual movie. Because my friend and I went and we were like, wow, that was really good. We really enjoyed that. We checked out the movie and it was fine. Like, it wasn't bad. But even just the being in the high school auditorium and seeing people do it live and hearing everything and being overwhelmed that way. It's just a lot of fun. So it's hard to capture that.
1: Yeah. I remember that production Magic. of Sweeney Todd. I forget sometimes we went to the same high school. Didn't know each other. (laughs) I
2: think that would have been... You would have already graduated. Did you, like, come back to see it?
1: I don't... I remember seeing parts of the musical, but not the whole thing. So I may have come back, but I... I think I was a senior when you were a junior. Or was I... Am I two years ahead of you? No, you are two years ahead of me. Okay, then I must have come back. It was a good one. For some reason. To see someone. I mean, I just commuted to college Gross. for two years. What if we were years, at the around? same show? Yeah, that... Oh, I would hate that. I would hate that a lot. That'd be horrible. We at the same show. When I was a senior, <laughs> they did
2: a urine Town, and that was really good. I should look up if there's, like, I've a... I've seen a, that like a, in a Chicago.
0: Official...
2: Oh, I really enjoyed the urine Town. I have forgotten all about it until this moment. I should look up that soundtrack.
0: Yeah. the um, If I remember correctly, the soundtrack was good. This was when I was in high school maybe but Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah my mom like i said my mom was a music teacher and very into musicals so we would um usually about once a year we'd go and see something in the city as a as a special treat so yeah one year i saw you're in town
2: that's fun it's a
0: good good production very funny
2: oh oh and when i was in college my senior year Uh, the musical for that was the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and I thought that was a very fun musical as well. Yeah,
0: I don't- either of you- I've I've heard- I've heard of it. I- I don't know- I haven't seen it, and I don't really know many of the songs from it, but Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm aware of, and I know is supposed to be very good.
2: Okay, okay.
0: So. Yeah. But Check that,
2: it out, or don't, because apparently you're dead inside now, so you wouldn't yeah, enjoy Yeah, that's it. true. Joy,
0: joy is pain. So, <laughs> anyway, is pain. the um, the 2012 Les Mis movie is also on our list. So, if oh, we yeah. uh, if we feel like revisiting the musical genre at some point in the future, we can see how I feel about that one, because that one is more of a movie movie, right?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. That's that not like a. That's not like a taped production of a stage thing. Right. Yeah, no, that's, right. a, that's a movie the adaptation. Yeah. It's also
2: funny because when I saw that, I had not yet known that sometimes musicals are only singing. I was thinking of like Disney Channel musicals and Disney movie musicals, right? where there are songs in between talking, and that's it. And. I think I was literally like 20 minutes into the movie before I was like, oh, so they're just not, they're not stopping. No. Okay. Got it. And I I wish I had known that going in.
1: Yeah, this trivia might not be correct, but I feel like I heard somewhere that Les has like one spoken line, which disqualifies it from being an opera, but otherwise it could fulfill all the criteria or something like that. But I also went into my first live production of Les Mis not realizing it wasn't like a Disney musical where you have like scenes and then a song and an emotional moment and then a break and then another song, which is possibly why musicals are sometimes really tiring. Like the break, the break, if there is a dialogue scene between songs, the break is nice and makes me more able to differentiate the songs from each other. Like Hamilton, I can list a few separate ones that I really enjoy, but some of the like i could not tell you narratively where a random song happened i think if yeah. it wasn't one of my like top three
2: what yeah. are your top three guys what are your favorite songs that you remember the ones that
1: stand out the most uh i like the room where it happens mm-hmm. and i like nonstop. stop mm-hmm. and i like wait for it
2: those are good ones yeah those are good congratulations David, I know you said that they all sort of blurred together, but there were like, or I mean, were there lines or songs that you remember bits and chunks of thoroughly enjoying or at least enjoying, if not thoroughly?
0: Yeah, I think the first thing that I was really drawn into in the musical was um, the tension between Angelica and Eliza in Satisfied. So like, maybe like Helpless was the first song I was really all about, or like, the mm-hmm. second one after King George's song. But having it having like helpless undermined right away, and with Angelica's side of the story in satisfied, that was really great.
2: it's a It's a great time. It is really great.
0: Yeah. like I didn't realize there was a love story in Hamilton. and usually the love story is the part that I'm least interested in in a movie. But in this case I found Angelica really compelling. And the song Eliza's song after the the Reynolds pamphlet thing where she burns Hamilton's letters, that song is really great.
1: Burn. Yeah. I, I do know. know that one. Yeah. I don't
0: I don't remember the name of that one. But
1: it's called Burn. It's Burn. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: I like when Uh-oh. Angelica says, I'm not here for you. And everyone yeah. goes, Ooh. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the sisters were really the best part of the musical for me. So I was really glad that it ended with the rest of Eliza's story. And we sort of get to hear about the last 50 years of her life.
1: Yeah, that's nice. I like that too. Yeah. And I guess I think the song where she, I think Burn, where she says, I'm removing myself from the narrative is because there are no records of how Eliza reacted to the Reynolds pamphlet stuff. Yeah, Yeah. she,
2: like, apparently
1: just wasn't mentioned for a
2: while after that. And so I heard that Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, I'm going to have it be that she chose to remove herself from this and said, "Uh uh-uh, no thanks.
0: Yeah, Which is
1: cool. Really, I think that was a good narrative choice. I agree.
0: Yeah, I guess I was a little bit like, her taking herself out of the narrative and then at the end where she says, like, she's reinserting herself back into the narrative or whatever, when she's Mm -hmm. telling about the rest of it. I guess it it felt to me like... I don't know. There's something about it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Like, it, it sort of seemed to me stating from, like, a writerly perspective that, like, the narrative that matters is Hamilton's and Eliza is taking herself out of Hamilton's story and then putting herself back into it, like I don't know.
1: I like, didn't like I, it I either. I was really
0: glad that it ends with her telling about the orphanage and all the other things, but it it does so in a frame that was kind of like all about Alexander and downplayed the role of her in her own life and her own story. Which I mean,
2: I I see what you're saying. The musical is called Hamilton. This is a movie. It's (laughs) called
0: Hamilton. (laughs) Right, right. But like, I don't know.
1: I agreed with you before I realized it was because we had no records of Eliza doing things. And I don't necessarily think that. I mean, I know the play isn't like 100% historically accurate. And I know that things are often not because that. Wouldn't be as narratively focused, but I but I think the backstory of yeah, there's nothing on her makes that cool in a fourth wall kind of way.
0: Sort of. I don't know. I still felt a little weird about it, but like the 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 musical does do a lot of like breaking the fourth wall kind of things that I did thought that I did think were really cool. Um, That just was maybe not one of them. But... Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I really just wanted... (laughs) I really just wanted a musical focused on Angelica and Eliza. With Hamilton maybe as a secondary character. But I guess that would be kind of different. So... (laughs) Maybe. We have the
2: musical of them visiting their dad when Hamilton was home and cheating on Eliza. Yeah. You could have that where they're just like off having fun on vacation with the kids.
0: Yeah.
1: Upstate near that lake she knows.
0: Yeah. It could just be. It could just be the two of them hanging out. Angelica secretly wishing that. She was married to Hamilton. thanks Like Angst. that? Yeah. That has to be a little bit awkward. For sure. A little bit. Yeah. Have but either I'm here seen... for
2: the heartbreak of it all.
0: Yes. Have either of you seen Amadeus?
1: Um, no. A long time ago in high school. I don't remember any part of it.
0: Okay. Because it, it reminded me a... Of... Hamilton reminded me a little bit of Amadeus just like you get the main figure is Salieri who's the rival with Mozart but also kind of knows deep down that he'll never be anywhere near the genius that Mozart is but it's gotta hurt yeah and like in Hamilton we get Aaron Burr who's our narrator as well like sort of like Salieri is but who never gets Mm -hmm. to the seat of power in the same way that Hamilton does because he's too wishy-washy as a person and isn't, you know, he isn't brilliant in the same ways that Hamilton is. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, I don't know. I like that. I I like that sort of narrative framing of, like, this thing is about Hamilton. It's titled Hamilton and it's about Hamilton, but it's really also kind of Aaron Burr's story. And we get a lot of songs like, like the room where it happened and things like that, where we can see Aaron Burr's side of things. And like, I don't know, like that song in particular, where it steps back a little bit and lets the audience kind of know that nobody really knows about the historical dinner. And like, you find out all of the, the historical stuff, like how the Southerners got what they wanted, and Hamplin got the national financial system that he wanted, mm-hmm. and how all of that happened in a closed room where mm-hmm. we don't have any any records from it, except for what people who were there have said a little bit, but mm-hmm.
2: um, I have two fun comments about the room where it happens Okay uh, the The first of which is One, several years ago, Lin-Manuel was on Twitter, and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he said something like, oh, I have a few extra minutes, ask me any questions, and I'll try to get to all the ones that I can. And someone said, like, okay, one thing that always bothered me is that Jefferson says, so Alexander was on Washington's doorstep one day in distress and disarray, or whatever he says, and the person's like, okay, but how would he know that? Like, why why is he saying that ounce was at Washington's doorstep? And Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, oh, that's because he was there to do the same thing, basically <laughs> to suck up to George Washington and just sort of, like, spun the opportunity a different way. And I thought that was interesting. It had never occurred to me as I listened to it, but then I listened to it more and thought, huh, that person has a point. So, in case anyone ever wondered that, there's a clarification, semi from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Two, being that... This song is also fun because in this story, Aaron Burr is, you know, essentially the villain. And usually in musicals, especially for example, Disney musicals, the villain song, certainly the first villain song, is usually the I want song. So it's just, you know, explaining what they're after and all these other things. And it, and it comes in the first act and it sets up, you know, the problem. For the rest of the thing. And this is Aaron Burr's I Want song. Man. And it's five songs deep into the second act. Which again just sort of reiterates the whole him waiting for it. And how everything is sort of like delayed and calculated and everything. And then when he finally decides what he wants. Uh, it's it's much later than you would see in a different story. And I thought that was really interesting. But it's really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I like that the song... I
2: love Hamilton.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I was just yeah. going
2: to say I love Hamilton and I could just, like, spew all these different little things that I read for forever and annoy everyone because I'm apparently Alexander Hamilton. But I cut oh, yeah. you off. What were you going to say?
0: Oh, I was, I was um, just going to say that, like, I also enjoyed that while plot-wise... The Room Where It Happened is about Hamilton and that backroom negotiation that he took part in. It's really about Burr himself who's singing the song and his realization that he's been playing it safe and that ensured that he did get to be in the room where it happened after all. And like, it that's a really exactly. hard thing to pull off and it worked really well.
1: Yeah. Like another tricky thing to do with musicals, like that song fulfills several things and it's really, really cool the way that it works.
0: Yeah yeah oh, I think that um I don't know that this is really important, but I think, in general, if I had to pick a category of song, I think I really liked the the slower like sadder songs as opposed to the um the more upbeat ones that are like a lot faster and like wrapped a lot more, yeah I'm the I th- opposite well, I think that the um the faster songs, in general, they tend to be a bit more exposition-y. Like, like in my shot, Hamilton isn't really... Like, it's. if you were to go back to the old, like, show-don't-tell thing, it's a lot of straight-up informing the audience about his character. And, I don't know. Like, there's... Given the scope of the musical, like, there's definitely gotta be a lot of exposition so the audience knows what's happening since it goes yeah. through like Hamilton's entire life since he set foot on the mainland till he is shot. But... <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah,
2: apparently um, when Lynn manuel Miranda was interviewing Ron Chernow for various different... I think just, you know, accuracy checks and whatnot, uh, apparently Ron Chernow said, you know, you're you're introducing... John Lawrence and Marquis de Lafayette and Hercules Mulligan all in one go but they actually met at quite different times in in Alexander Hamilton's life and Lin Manuel Miranda was essentially like yes however we got to introduce a lot of characters all in one go we have a lot of story to tell this is this is just the easiest most convenient way to get the key players in
1: yeah another and, like when the narrative has to supersede what actually happened kind of moment yeah So I think, yeah, it's, like you said, they they have a lot
2: of ground to cover, so it makes sense why they did one sort of exposition-heavy song. But I think they did it well.
1: Yeah. I'm just interested in in the slower ballads thing, because they are almost never my favorite songs from musicals. I almost always like the bops
0: oh like the yeah most. They're, no, all, they're almost would...
1: universally my favorites even if they are exposition heavy i need yeah. the energy
0: yeah no i i needed less energy <laughs> at at several points <laughs> and i think that you know the like helpless i i think i again just going back to angelica and eliza i think that the women kind of kill it in this yeah. production and whenever whenever they're on stage and they're singing their songs i kind of perk up a little bit even if their songs are like <laughs> burn and really sad and um or like helpless which is like the kind of popular love song and i don't know i think those were the ones that i was really drawn to more than like the the rap battles or the ones that are just about like let me explain this historically significant event to you over the course of the next minute and a half. I I was a lot less interested in those than like the the sad human songs.
2: I was asking my dad once, and maybe my sister, like, if you had to choose, because um we made copies of the CD. And so, you know, there's disc one and disc two. And I think they were just talking about, like, you know, if you had to choose only one disc to listen to. And I think both my dad and my sister said that they might prefer disc one because it's less emotional. And so you get more of, like, the fun, like, haha fighting in the revolution sort of songs. And if anything, I think I prefer disc two, for the opposite reason is because it's more emotional and that even when you have the fun upbeat songs like we know I freaking love we know uh it's it's literally just Jefferson and Madison and Burr all being like, ha-ha, we know your dirty little secret. And Hamilton being like, ha-ha, it's actually a completely different dirty little secret. And it still is this sort of dramatic... You can't destroy me if I destroy myself. Right, and it's this very dramatic uh, thing. And so the songs that pack the most, I guess, emotional punch is correct, but also isn't quite correct... I don't know. I like those songs. And also Satisfied. For a while, there was a trend on Twitter where people would list things like 15 down to 1. And usually it was like favorite something or other. And usually the pattern was like, you can't choose a favorite because they're all really good and tell a really great story. Satisfied. If if the example was like, what's your favorite Hamilton song? And I retweeted that one because Satisfied is the best of the best. But... I got off track. I was talking about one thing and I just wanted to talk about Satisfied. But no, I agree. The ones that are very emotional are standouts. Not to say that the Battle of Yorktown isn't a fun, rousing, good time, but I want to hear all about secrets and betrayal and heartbreak. Not like we beat the Redcoats.
1: I mean, yeah, I would choose Disc 2 as well. I just prefer the bops on disc too. Unlike David, I love the rap
2: battles. I think one of the greatest lines is like, made a deal with a king who's is now in a basket. Would you like to take it out and ask it? Should we honor our, our treaty King Louis head? The, uh, do whatever you want. I'm super dead. Like I quote that all the time, or at least I used to. It's so fun. It sticks in your brain.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, say that there aren't good lines in some of the rap battles but
2: no that's what you're saying obviously
0: no that's not what i'm saying (laughs) that can only be
1: what you're saying
0: yeah but if i had to if i had to choose between the bops and the anti-bops i would i would be in anti-bop camp
2: But Helpless is definitively a bop, and you've mentioned that one like three times.
0: Yeah, no, I mean...
2: Pick a side. Pick a lane, David.
0: I mean, it's good, but it's also like an emotional bop. It's not like Yorktown.
2: That one could be... Yorktown is the song that I'm pretty sure got my sister into Hamilton because I tried to rope everyone I know into listening to Hamilton. And she had sort of uh, not caved in despite my best efforts. But how I actually got her to listen was because the night that the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, we drove to Dick's because if they had won, they were going to open like shortly thereafter and sell all this different merch. And we drove there and my sister was very jazzed. And I was also excited. I don't even care about baseball, but it was fun, happy time. And I had had Hamilton in my car, and we were listening to the Battle of Yorktown, and I think it was the fact that it played the we won, we won, everyone all chanting and shouting and cheering uh, part at the time that we were celebrating the Cubs winning, that I think that was the exact opening i needed i keep telling a lot of stories of like here's a little bit of hamilton in my (laughs) life no one cares about this but again i can't stop talking about it i was deeply into hamilton for a good chunk of time even now on my top 100 playlist or top 100 most played songs for 2020 satisfied still got in there four and a half years after listening congrats to satisfied for the first time
0: that's uh that's that's a lot
2: yeah but anyway, you can cut that whole cub story. I I just... <laughs> I keep talking. It's what I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where we are. No, we've got, we've got... We're only at like an hour and ten minutes. We'll keep it in.
2: Mm, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Hmm. Hmm. What else
0: should we talk yeah. about in Hamilton? What else haven't we gotten to?
2: One thing that I did want to go back to, because of course I did, is when we were talking about choreography, like, 45 minutes ago, uh, I was going to say that it was also great because the song, The Reynolds Pamphlet, I previously had, like, generally enjoyed, but, I mean, it wasn't a standout, it wasn't a favorite, but that is absolutely my favorite one to see live. um, Just because everyone is so gleefully celebrating (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah Hamilton just ruined his own life and they're all just dancing and King George is there and he doesn't need to be there at all but he He's, is yeah. and everyone's just throwing the papers around and David digs uh David digs hands one of the Reynolds pamphlets to the composer not the composer the conductor and conductor's right right I That's think yeah. Word? yeah I think you're right yeah uh hands one to him and everyone's just dancing around and it's chaotic and I, I i had a really fun time seeing that one the first time and then when i saw it the second time that was like the thing i look forward to the most is seeing the reynolds pamphlet and i did appreciate that the movie got me to see specific close-ups of different people and what they were doing at that moment how happy they were during that it was delightful yeah and that was another moment of choreography really coming through and taking this song that I was like, yeah, it's fine, and making it my favorite part of the actual show. So, yay on choreographers. Yeah. That's the only other thing I can think of.
0: Yeah, choreography feels like I. I it's one of those things that, like most arts, I sort of know how they're put together. Like you know playing the violin i can't do it but i have a pretty good idea how one goes about it choreography i just don't know how you figure out how to like tell all these people to move in synchronized ways in like like how you how you picture that and make it happen and
2: right like it's different if it's one or two people on a stage but when you have a whole company And you have a stage that rotates, and it has things that rotate in two different directions, and you utilize that. I don't, that's, that's like people playing 3D chess. It's on a whole other level. Yeah. Figuratively and literally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do make really good use of the, the spinny thing in the floor. Yeah, I I love the spinny thing. I'm I'm a big fan of the spinny thing. I I like it when when they're like stage elements like that where they keep going back to the same thing, but it winds up being used in a lot of different contexts over the course of the the show. Like, I'm trying to think of there was something like that in Hedwig that they did too, but I can't remember what it was. But the you know, the the way that people will walk onto and come off of the spinny thing when the spinny thing mm. is becomes like the eye of the hurricane during the hurricane
1: Yeah. It's thing. super cool. Yeah. And
0: everybody's like you know, you've got people up on the catwalk that are like carrying pieces of stuff very slowly as the hurricane is spinning and you know, then the the piece of the catwalk with the stairs that like detaches and gets rolled around that different people use as a balcony and stuff. I don't know. I really, I'm really into those pieces of, of scenery.
2: I've really enjoyed how they used it in nonstop because you have Angelica telling Alexander, you know, I'm going to London. I am married to this man or going to be married to this man and, uh, peace out. Bye. And you see she had stepped on to the rotating part at that point, and it just starts to spin. And you see Alexander watching her go, but on the other side, Eliza has stepped on, and she keeps facing away from him until it gets to the point where she's now in front of him. And then it, 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 I think it did a very good job of doing, like from Hamilton's point of view, of watching angelica leave and go out of focus and then eliza coming into focus because i had been expecting her to turn to him because it was weird that she was essentially singing to him but not they were facing completely different directions but i thought it was a very good visual representation of maybe his headspace at that moment and i hadn't caught it the first time i watched this back in july uh i really enjoyed that bit good use of the rotating stage
1: yeah
0: definitely yeah need more rotating floors more
1: rotating stages
0: yeah is there anything else that we should be talking about
1: i can't think of any other comments i have on hamilton but jumping off of the rotating thing the sets are like my favorite part of seeing a production live i like just sitting there and looking at the set yeah Sometimes, it's so much
2: artistry. Yeah,
1: sometimes they have it like the curtain is open before a play and they show you the set. That's happened to be a couple times. And I really like just admiring it. Because like, you have to make a set that can be repurposed for multiple scenes that may happen in different places. But it's yeah. still right. specific enough depending on the, on the context. Like I saw Beauty and the Beast live and The set that I saw had, like, all of these stairways and balconies that you could move around, like, little puzzle pieces. So the beast was always, like, moving around up there to signify he was moving to different locations through the castle. Or they were using it to keep it visually interesting during some kind of a ballad song. And it was, like, so cool. I kept getting confused about what connected to what and, like... I don't know. It was just very well done, and it was super cool, and I love that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I worked. Um, I remember. Not on not on the set, but I worked as a sound designer for a couple of the main stage plays when I was in college, and that's cool. Yeah, so getting to hang out with the the people that were building the sets and like getting you know just getting access to the the theater while i was there to do sound stuff while those people were busy building sets and like painting things and putting everything together that needed to get put together for the show and um being involved in that sort of behind the scenes kind of stuff was really cool that's the thing
2: the scenes stuff sounds so fun to me oh my god hold on hold on my ear thingy fell out i can't hear anyone Okay, it's back in. Uh, No, when I auditioned for the fifth grade play, which was Alice in Wonderland, I was actually really bummed that I was cast as a flower because (laughs) I wanted to be behind the scenes and I, like, wanted to be doing... I didn't want to be on stage, but you had to audition if you were going to be part of it, even crew. And I really desperately wanted to be the one moving things around and, like, painting set designs. But instead, I was a flower. And I was really bummed. I was also, like, literally knowing at 10 years old, I can't sing well. This is fine. I'm a shoo-in to not be on the stage. It's, I've got this in the bag. And then they put me on <laughs> not there. Not being cast. I didn't have any lines. But I was still in. It was a bummer.
0: Yeah. It's a, that's a rough time.
1: I have is. a friend who did Lights for... I think it was Aladdin, yeah, for um, a production of Aladdin in middle school. And I wasn't there, but this remains, like, my favorite theater story. She was doing lights, and Aladdin was supposed to discover the magic lamp. So she had moved the spotlight over to Aladdin and the pedestal where the lamp should have been. But it was not on there because one of the stage people had forgotten to put it on between scene changes. So Aladdin (laughs) was like, oh, wow. Where is the lamp? And my friend, like, in a moment of, like improvised panic just moved the light away from the pedestal <laughs> and Aladdin followed it and was like maybe it's over here while well, somebody else like barrel rolled onto the stage threw it on the pedestal and then ran <laughs> off and then she moved the light back once it was up so like people absolutely saw it it's just really funny that they were like no don't look over there the light's going to the other side of the cave of wonders for a second look
2: over here instead while Aladdin
0: That's
1: amazing. continues to look oh, no, I don't know I love theater stories like that yeah they're terrifying but they're hilarious
0: definitely yeah i wish i had been involved in more of the productions but it was a thing that like a friend of mine did a lot of the sound design and when he graduated he was like i know the perfect guy for the job (laughs) it's david he's never done anything like this before in his life um so but on his recommendation because he was really good at his job uh i got the job and had to sort of fumble my way through it but it was it was a lot of fun
1: theater is a lot of fun i did some theater stuff and i have like pretty good memories yeah of most of it
0: so should we talk about next time
1: yes all right let's talk about I, next time
0: i i really phoned it in as i did with the intro
1: <laughs> great
2: great can't we to attract well, more points after hearing this one it
0: all i wrote is it
2: because you're just too tired because you woke up at three in the morning thinking of the Milana song That's, that is you, not and it's
0: affecting not, your brain power that is not not part of it but okay. when we decided on the movie this afternoon i was trying to think of like because i don't know anything about this movie like this is another one of those where i know literal nothing
1: yes good
0: um but i was trying to think what i would write And so I got one sentence, and it was, Dear Diary, I'm a princess. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's right. For next time, we're watching The Princess Diaries. (laughs) That was... No,
1: you really did phone it in.
0: That is a
2: terrible summary. (laughs) I feel like even saying phoned it in is
1: giving you too much credit, David. (laughs) Like, you let the phone ring and didn't answer it. Okay,
0: well... David doesn't have to write all of the outros for every no, single episode. No, but you episode. do because
1: all the outros are the summaries <laughs> of movies you haven't seen.
0: We could we could mix it up. There's just because we've done this for 35 episodes doesn't fine. mean that we can't change it up for next time.
1: But we fine. We'll see what the next movie is and we'll handle it then. Okay. We'll handle it then. <sighs>
0: Yeah, no, it's hard doing them when I I don't know anything about them, especially when all I have to go on is the princess diaries.
2: (laughs) Like, I mean, okay, but with Hocus Pocus, all you have is Hocus Pocus, and you still were like, Holly and Polly are going to have the best Halloween party (laughs) ever. She's got a point. And you still came up with a whole narrative, and and this time you're given princess diaries where you could at least be like, dearest Bumsy and Popsicle. I am now the kingdom of a swamp. Like you could have come up with something, and you just said, "Dear diary, I am a princess." Did you just quote Wicked, and... or did I make that up? No, I quoted. Lickin. Okay,
1: good. Then I then I'm correct.
0: All right.
2: It's a musical episode. I'm throwing musical. Yeah, that's why I in.
1: thought you may have.
0: All right. Well, for next time, I promise I will do. I will do better.
1: Okay. We'll talk, we'll talk about this approaching the next episode. Okay. Stay, stay tuned, listeners, to see if the next one brings any changes. Or if David <laughs> just does better.
0: Yeah. No, David'll just do better.
2: Ah. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll keep our fingers crossed.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. We'll see. But anyways, The Princess Diaries. That's going to be for next time. It's and, a good uh,
1: one. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. I uh I I have no idea what to expect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clearly. Clearly.
0: <laughs> if you were...
2: you're not even gonna guess like a character name.
0: Um, guess
1: guess what the main character's name is. Just make a guess. Margaret. Okay. Okay. That okay. Sounds,
0: that sounds like a princess name. Noted. Yeah. Princess Margaret and her Princess Margaret her journaling addiction.
1: Okay. Alright. Yeah. Alright.
0: Yeah. Right. So until next time. So long, Kristen.
2: So long, David.
0: Goodbye, Hallie. Farewell. Good night, listeners.
1: Good night.